It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. It's time to go inside the front office of the Athletics with the general manager of the A's, David Forst. Here now is the David Forst Show with Chris Townsend. It's David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. How are you? That's the nicest thing anybody said about me, calling me the Ricky Henderson leadoff guy. Um, I would have done the intro, but I didn't have my script in front of me. But welcome to A's Cast. I want you to start the show. <laughs> well, this David Forrest. I've never been here at the beginning to introduce myself, so happy to be here. So you know that in our business we always put the cart before the horse, sure. right? That's what we do. Um, so maybe you can help answer this because the biggest question that all of us is, where are we going to put the Zach Geloff statue? Are we going to put it on the east side, the west side, Championship Plaza? Where do you think we should put it? Some of these numbers that are coming out are pretty remarkable. I, I mean, look, you know, we don't sort of keep track of the history and the stats. Like, yeah. we're looking at Zach. He's off to a great start. Everybody's happy. But then you see, you know, the the quickest ever in Oakland A's history to this and the, you know, the first big leaguer ever to this. Like, it's pretty hard to, to deny what a great start he's had. When they start going to 1900 or 1920, <laughs> you're, you're kind of yeah. doing something pretty good. Yeah. No, it's – I mean, the one thing you hope when guys get up here is that they get off to a good start, get some confidence, and, and get rolling. And I don't, I don't remember anybody ever getting off to this kind of start. I understand in the world of front offices, you guys are looking at barrel rates and exit velocity, and you want every ball to be hit hard. But guys that got 3,000 hits and are in the Hall of Fame, not every hit was hard. Yep. But they hit it all over the place, right, for the majority. And I watch him play, just the eyeball test. I see he can go out of the yard to left. He can go out of the yard to right. He can go off the wall in right center, left center. He gets base hits. He flays them into right field. Base hits up the middle. He can turn a base hit up the middle into the du- – it's just so refreshing to watch a player to be able to do it all. Sure. Is that what you always saw in him? Well, here's the thing about, like, all that stuff you talked about, exit velo, barrel rates, like, barrel rates, all that crap goes out the door when the guys get here. When they're here, it's results. Like, we use that stuff to project and, to, you know, to sort of set expectations and make trades and evaluate players. Like, when you're here, when you're in the big leagues, you get hits, you score runs, you drive in runs. Yes. Like, the results matter here, and, and Zach's doing it all. I don't... I don't know the average exit velo of all his hits. I don't know the ridiculous launch angle of some of his homers, though I, see, I saw the fly ball in, in Washington. That was crazy. It was. I was, <laughs> I was there with the team. We're sitting behind home plate, and it looks like a pop-up, and then it yeah. goes, and it goes, and it goes. So we don't track a lot of that stuff in the big leagues because when you're here, results count. And I love how you say that because we've talked a lot about other teams how we're seeing it, and they're starting to talk about it right now. It's like something going on with the Yankees we won't even get into, but it's like so worried about certain things that you for you, you, you worry so much about the process, you forget about how to play the actual game. Yeah. 
I reference like football all the time. We got all these fancy things going on in football, but the biggest play of the game can be third and one. Right. As simple. So it's like the process. I get the process, but it's like we have forgotten that the little things and how you actually play the game. That's what matters. No doubt. And and don't get me wrong. Like Cots and his staff do a ton of preparation, and they use all that stuff. And we have matchups, and we have numbers, and it's important to prepare and to advance scout, and for Cots to put the lineup together. But for the twenty six guys between the lines, like. You don't want them thinking about that. You want them going out, using muscle memory to get results. And he he's doing everything. For a guy his size, I mean, obviously we thought he was going to be a third baseman, but I'm just – I mean, I'm telling you, you're not surprised, but I think for some <laughs> of the words, like – he can run for his size. There's, yeah. like, really nothing he can't do. Yeah. No, he's, he's incredibly athletic. He's, he is fast. Like, we've seen some, um, some really good sprint speeds. Um, you know who sent me a text the other day it was Brad Osmus, who was around Geloff in spring training last year yeah. when he was on our staff and then was around him again in the WBC this year because Brad was on the Israel staff. And even he, like, having spent time on the field with Zach, sent me a text and was like, man, this guy is doing it all. Speaking of Team Israel, we were like a comp for him was Ian Kinsler. <laughs> and I don't even think now watching him play, Ian Kinsler didn't do all this. <laughs> I mean, he was a good player, no question about it, but he yeah. didn't do all this. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, right now, like you said, he's, he's doing things historically that have no comps. So you don't, you don't limit him that way. All right, so today was the first day, because at spring training I'd only seen Lawrence Butler play. Today was the first day when we went down to do the Mark Kotze show. I introduced myself and stood next to him. Lawrence Butler's a big, athletic guy. He kind of reminds me of a speed rusher, like an outside backer type guy. <laughs> yeah. He's a big dude. He is. He's an impressive athlete. He is, he, and he was about that tall when we drafted him, but there was probably about 40 to 50 pounds less of him. He was a skinny, gangly guy, and you see how they fill out. Um, and Law's put in the work. I mean, he's really worked hard. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about him over the past, you know, week or so internally and look back at our reports. What did we expect? And one thing that a lot of people pointed to, he was not invited to the alternate site in 2020. When we shut down, we had that site down in San Jose. Law, he wasn't at the point in his career where he was invited, and I, I think he took it a little personally. And he came back a different guy in 21. Obviously, you miss that development time. There's only so much you can do. Um, but everyone sort of points to the work he's put in since coming back in 21 and really remade himself as a player. I love that. How dare you not invite me? <laughs> yeah. Who the hell did GM? You do that to me? I'm going to cut. I like it. There's a chip on his shoulder. No doubt. Yeah, he definitely plays with that. And he talks a lot about where he comes from and the guys that he works out with in the offseason. There's a lot about him and Michael Harris. They work out with Mark. He's Grissom, this whole group down there, and they all push each other. Um, and he has a lot to prove, and it's been it's been fun to watch in a short period of time. Yeah, you check out the fours after you hit the home <laughs> run. Love it. Uh, long term, where does he play? Is it center? Is it right? Fluid can play. You know, but wh where would you see him long term? I think he's going to do a little bit of everything, meaning all three outfield spots. And and Mark feels good about him in center field right now, yeah. which is why he's out there and he's done it. You know, obviously coming up through the minor leagues, you have to sort of you know fit everybody in. And there were some other center fielders. Uh, he was with Denzel a lot this year in Midland, and Denzel plays center, so he was in right. But but he can do it. I mean, we talked about his athleticism, the way he runs after the ball. He's you know same as Zach. He's out of the box looking for a double on balls that he hits. So 
I think he's going to move around. You know, obviously we have SD who can play center here. Um, you know, JJ was playing center. It looks like he's going to be out for a little while. Um, but I think he's going to do a little bit of everything. I hated to see that. I just because I see the talent. Yeah. I know it's not all there. I mean, you got to hit. You have to hit. Hitting 200 is not good. You got to hit. But you can see the skill set of why he was taken fourth overall in the draft. I, it pains me. I really wanted to see Butler Ruiz, Blade play together, give him that chance with 40-something games left. But uh, what do you think on the knee? Is he? Will we see him again this year? Uh, we don't know yet is, is the bottom line. Unfortunate, you know, impact injury like that, sliding in the turf. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it was encouraging that he bounced up and played the rest of that day. But clearly when he came in the clubhouse in St. Louis on Monday, it was swollen. We had, we had to do the MRI, and he's got an ACL sprain. But – you know, he hit the homer to dead center in Washington, made a couple really good plays up against the wall there. So you see the ability to maybe be a really above-average corner outfielder. So it's a bummer because, you know, if nothing else, you hope this time, this last six weeks, continues to give us an idea of who's who and what guys are capable of. And it looks like we're going to sort of be robbed of seeing that from J.J. You know, we all play – you know, amateur front office guys with the numbers that we have, that we get. And obviously Ruiz has not graded out so hot in center. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys are looking at, but do you see him long-term as a center fielder? I think we're going to see what he can do in the corners too. As long as Lawrence can play center, I think it'll give SD a chance in the corners and see. I mean, we all sort of forget he was new to center field. He came up as a second baseman, just really moved there the last couple years. So, you just it's not totally fair to assume because he has this incredible speed that he's immediately going to be a great center fielder because there's a lot of there are a lot of tough angles yeah um, and, and it's hard to play the balls in the corner so we're going to continue to give him opportunities um, but we'd also like to see how he does in the corners I know I'm not the only guy but I miss Ryan Noda <laughs> I miss Ryan I mean what does he do he gets on base and he now he started hitting and hitting for power I think he's pretty good defensively. He's, he runs well for a big man. I'm, I, I know he's gotten some hits now that he's starting to play w yeah. with the Aviators, but you kind of start to see, right? Right. You're kind of, you know, Galoff, and you see, you're, you're, you got the puzzle. You're starting to see the pieces. I think so. That's, you know, that's the hope. Again, in a season where you're not going to compete for a playoff spot, you got to get something out of it, and that's, that's what you hope is to, to see what the puzzle looks like going forward. And I think Ryan will be back hopefully in the next few days. Got to make sure he gets his legs under him. He did miss a long time. You know, he's missed about a month now. So, uh, but he is getting some hits. He'll be back, obviously, with, with Tyler here. You know, Ryan's going to play some outfield, too. So, we'll, we'll mix him in to that group out there. Um, but, yeah, I want to get him back out there for that, that same reason. Get him another five, six weeks of ABs so we know exactly, you know, what we've got. How important is it for the young guys, especially when they get up here, to get past the finish line, whether you're having a great season, an okay season, or a bad season, to know what it's like to finish a full year and get through that finish line. Yeah, I mean, just in the last year or two, AAA is about as long as a big league season. You've got more days off, um, but you're at least playing until the end of September, so, so it sort of is a facsimile of a big league season, but it's not, it's nothing like the grind that this thing is. So yeah, whether, whether you're performing, whether you're not just getting to October 1st is going to teach a lot of these guys about what they need to do in the off season and make sure their bodies are right. Cause you know, the young guys are getting by on 
you know, on youth, for lack of a better word. I asked Tony Kemp how hard it is to get through 162 <laughs> games. It's, it takes a little different thing, and he's out there jumping into walls. Uh, so the young guys could take a note of what Tony does to keep his body in shape. I played 36 holes yesterday. I couldn't get out of bed today. It's very sad that's as why you get older. That's why no one our age is out there, Tony. <laughs> you know, when we start talking about, and I know this is, you know, long way to go here. I'm excited about spring training because all of a sudden I think Jordan Diaz has shown a little bit at third base. Mm-hmm. And then I know you guys are high on Brett Harris. There's a competition. Hernays has really played well. He's young. Yep. You got Allen. There's competition. Geloff, we're already putting a statue up for him so we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but he's out on Soderstrom and Noda. And all of a sudden you got these outfielders. You mentioned Denzel Clark. I mean, at some point my guy Henry Bolte's going to be coming. I feel like this spring is just going to be a bunch of young, thoroughbred athletes out there battling each other for the big leagues. That, to me, yeah. can be exciting. It's, it's a nice thought. I mean, I, I kind of have to stay focused here. I mean, we've got we've to get through the day-to-day here. We've got minor league seasons going on. I haven't allowed myself really yet to think about the spring. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of guys you think about being there that, that could make it exciting. I mean, you didn't mention Kevin Smith, who gets three hits almost every night, it seems like, for Vegas. And, and, you know, unfortunately hurt his back last time he was here, but hope to get him back here to get some more ABs. So, um, yeah, I mean, the position player group is good, obviously. There's a whole other side on the pitching where we've seen some guys really take steps forward this year, which is encouraging the rotation. Got to figure out who's going to come help them. I've had this conversation with Grady Fuse on a couple times on this show where Grady talks about through the history of baseball whether you're spending a ton of money and you're buying free agents or you're bringing guys up whatever it is to get the pitching and the hitting to go at the same time right it is so tough to do yeah it is it's it's a hard thing to manage I think you know you look back in my first few years here we knew you know you knew you had Tejada and Xavi and Jason and those guys and not that we lucked in to Huddy and Mulder and Zito, but they came quicker than I think anybody imagined. Mulder, 99 draft, or 98 draft, Zito, 99 draft. They were here in 2000 dominating. So, you know, that worked out really well. You know, other sort of cycles of competitiveness, you, you've, we went out and got pitching and trades and made it work. But, yeah, that's the key is, is getting those two things to line up. Grady's right. He's seen it through cycle after cycle when this team has been good. That's what it takes. Why can't you just go get another Hudson Mulder and Zeta? Why? <laughs> We've been trying for 20 years. <laughs> it's not that easy? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> and these arms, too, it's like with the injuries and everything. So, so how do you feel about the arms that you've seen this year, the arms that you know that are coming. I know you just drafted a ton of arms, so that's, that's a few years away. But how do you feel about the arms, the system overall? Yeah, I mean, obviously when you talk about arms, our focus is starting pitching. I mean, I think we've done a good job finding guys who've played good roles in the bullpen, but we know it all starts with the starters. And when you look at, at how consistent Searts has been all year, Paulie's been himself when he's been healthy. Medina and Waldachuk really sort of taking steps forward. It took Waldy a, t- a lot of time to get there, and I, I think Emo did an outstanding job with Waldachuk, working him out of the pen, two and three inning stints to get his command, and the last few starts you've seen a little bit of what we saw last September. So Medina and Waldachuk come a long way. You know, Muller's back here. We're going to try and do a similar thing with him out of the pen, get him some successful starts, so there's still, still hope for him. And then you look behind him, Joey Estes pitched really well in Vegas last night, in Reno, which 
not a great place to pitch. Joe Boyles on the mound for Midland tonight made two really good starts since we traded for him. There is another group that you think about, again, the way we do with the position players, that puzzle, think about the rotation going forward. It's a lot of guys, especially, you know, you talk about Estes, a lot of bad things can happen in Reno. <laughs> I'm sure bad. you know as well as anybody. <laughs> a lot of bad things can. Now, and he's only 21? Yeah, Joe, he was high school draft by the Braves, came over in that trade and really kind of figured some things out at AA this year and put himself on the map. It's great to see him pitching well. And you always talk about that, how trades have longer lives than we think, right? Trades turn into other trades and other signings. So right. we just react on, oh, my God, they got rid of these guys. Like, people forgot. You know, everybody's Christian Pache, but here comes a Joey. So all this haul you got between Olsen and Murphy, right, the yeah. two trades, like, you know, Estes is not a guy people really thought that much, and now he's 21 years old and he's in yeah. AAA. Well, you and I talked two weeks ago about patience, right? Yeah. You got to have patience. I mean, you look at Joey Estes last year, first year over a new organization, pitching in high A, Pretty mixed results, inconsistent, but he's adjusting to new places, new teams. Guys, guys have to get settled. There's, there's a whole life here that guys have to go through. So got to have patience with all these guys, except Joe Boyle, who came out firing in those first two starts, punch out 22, and uh, he's exciting. So Notre Dame fighting Irish. <laughs> the big guy throws hard. I, yeah. I know you liked him. I mean, is that one of those where you go, once again, I go back to what spring training could be like. Another one of these guys are like, I can't wait to see all of this. Yeah, yeah. No, I was thinking about going to see him pitch uh, in San Antonio tonight just to lay eyes on him, but I think he'll, he'll be a little closer than that, hopefully, for his next few starts. Paul Blackburn, how many people – I thought you would trade him because I thought there would be a ton of teams. Yeah. Because knowing that there wasn't a lot of movement and just because we know him – if I was a contending team, and I talked about this, how it's not always the innings you may get in the postseason. Sometimes you need those innings to get you to the postseason. Right. I would, if I was a GM, I would trade for him. How many people did come calling for Paul Blackburn? I mean, without going into the, the specifics, it obviously wasn't enough to, to motivate us, whether that was the, the quantity of teams or the quality of the conversations. I mean, Paul's very valuable to us, and I think we recognize with as many young pitchers as we have. And, look, we started the year essentially with five rookie pitchers, and it was really hard. It, it, just, it was tough, and you saw the games in April and May where a lot of times by the second and third inning we were out of it. And that was, it was a tough way to start, um, but it's such a huge difference from where we are now with the, the stability of a Paul, of JP in that rotation where you feel confident you're going to get five or six innings, you're going to be in games and give the offense a chance. And Paul provides that. He's really, really valuable to the team every five days and then to a rotation like we have the other four days. Yeah, that's why I also I think I could see him being there at spring training. You really you need to, uh, having at least one veteran's key. Yeah, I think Cots would like to have more than one. <laughs> you get <laughs> but, one. But, yeah, they're, they're valuable. Speaking of Cots, I asked him at the, at the end of the interview, we interview him every single week on the Mark Cots Show, brought to you by nestbedding.com. I, I asked him after they, we went through everything, I finally said, you know what, everybody's always asking you about how are you doing? How's Mark Cotze doing? And he paused. Yeah. I mean, for you – you got to kind of, I think, help these coaches. These coaches are grinding. It's not easy. How much do you have to check? Just check in and like, hey, man, how are you doing? How's everything going? How's the family? How's the kid? I mean, how much do you have to do that? Yeah, a lot. Do you have to? I mean, I, I'm curious what Mark's answer was after his long pause. What time, Cody, is uh, the Mark Katze show? Uh, 530. All right, 530. I'll, I'll tune in to find out. Um, 
Yeah, there's a there's a toll. There is a day to day toll on Mark, on the staff, on these guys going through this because, you know, they work their butts off all day long, and then most nights they don't have a lot to show for it. You got to find positives. We talk about that every week. You know, Mark and I try and find positives every night to take away, um, but it takes a toll. These guys are away from their families. They're putting in they're putting in long hours. Um, it's obviously more fun to win. So. It is nice to check in as much as I can. All right, let's end on this because in the past, like when the team was trying to get into the postseason and, and get ready for the postseason, you would say, our work is done here. Like there's <laughs> nothing else you can do, right? The training deadline, yeah. the old waiver process. But now it's it. There's nothing you could do. Well, what happens now? What, what, what For you, what are we at, 40, 41 games left, whatever? What's left for you here for the rest of the way? It, it, there's a lot of evaluating of our own guys to do. And here and in Vegas and Midland, you know, I'll make sure to get out and see those guys again, hopefully before the end of the year. Um, but we are evaluating, trying to figure out who, who's here for the long haul. Who can we count on? What exactly do we have? we got a busy offseason ahead of us, hopefully trying to fill some holes. Um, but we're going to spend 40-plus games watching closely. I'll tell you what, when I fill out every Geloff and I soda strum and I put it in my scorebook, I ask Kotze about filling up the lineup with the young guys. He says he gets excited. Yeah. We get excited. I mean, this is – no matter what has happened this year, the young guys, it's bringing people in. We're seeing our numbers are up. Yeah. Our data is up. And the young guys bring excitement. Well, let's remember, they don't just show up here magically. They were scouted. They were developed. There's – you know – that's what the organization is here for, to get these guys here. I know it's hopefully rewarding to those two groups of people to see them here, to see scouting and player development pay off, um, and that's what they tune in for the last 40 games too. So everybody organization-wide, I think, is a little encouraged, is a little sort of boosted up by what's going on right now. So Geloff statue, you wanted it where? Out on Championship Plaza, right? Championship right. Plaza. Yeah. We'll have you vote, athletics.com slash vote. <laughs> David Force joining us right here on A's Cast Law. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.